0: Welcome to the Go! Podcast. Go! aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go! are Cami Santner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church.
1: Welcome back to GO! Our series of the past several weeks has focused on the rich and varied experience of what it's like being a cross-cultural missionary. We've explored the ways that God calls and provides for missionaries, as well as the nature of ministering across cultures. And today we're going to look at how parenting children on the mission field, and all that carries a set of unique blessings and challenges. So Cammy,
2: who are we talking with today? Today we have the honor of talking to Jeff and Ingrid Cagwin. Jeff and Ingrid serve as pastors to missionaries in the pastoral care and counseling ministry of the Evangelical Free Church's foreign mission, Reach Global. They currently are based in southwestern Germany, where they live and serve with their four children. Thank you guys for being here today.
0: Great to be here.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about your ministry, what you do with Reach Global, and more importantly, can you introduce us to and tell us a little bit about your family?
0: Absolutely. Really good to be here. Um, I married into the Liberty Bible Church family. Uh, Ingrid's a native of Valparaiso and of Liberty. And uh, we met as undergraduates at Wheaton College and uh, got married and were on the mission field for a few years. Um, I'll come back to that later. Um, We also now have four kids. Uh, Hannah is 18, Peter 16, Ellie 13, and Julia 10.
1: You're right, right in the thick of it.
0: Right in the thick of it, yeah. Um, so we uh, six years ago, we moved there to Germany, and uh, our ministry there has been missionary care, and we are now beginning a new phase as we rejoin the Evangelical Free Church mission uh, reach, called Reach Global, as we, uh, as we do missionary care throughout Western Europe. So uh, the work throughout Western Europe of the Free Church is basically re-evangelizing secular Europe in cities like Lisbon and Birmingham, England, and and in Italy, about 15 different locations throughout Western Europe, and uh, doing all kinds of different ministries, kind of traditional church planting among Europeans, um, reaching out to Muslim immigrants, uh, helping to rescue and restore victims of human trafficking in cities like Berlin. Uh, So our role in that team is uh, soul care, to come alongside the missionaries, and we feel called to that. Uh, that kind of started when we were back in Spain in, in um, starting in 1999 to 2002 before we had kids, uh, and we've been able to do that for several years now and looking forward to this next season that begins uh, next week for us as we return to yeah, Germany. Yeah, we're
1: really excited for you guys to <laughs> yeah. finally, after a year being here in the States, that you're going to be yeah. back in Germany and rejoining this ministry. It's awesome. Um, so going back to that six years when you um, moved from, at the time, you were serving in ministry here in the area in Valparaiso, yes. and you felt the call again to go overseas and uh, take up this ministry, pastoral care um, to missionaries, and you moved overseas to Germany. So what was that transition for like for your kids? Um, how did they experience that change?
3: Well, when we first went uh, six years ago, we had our oldest going into eighth grade uh, Peter going into fifth grade, Ellie was going into second grade, and Julia was starting uh, what is kindergarten, but it was really preschool. Um, and so we had four kids in four different schools trying to learn what life was like in Germany, having not lived there as a family. Um, so it seemed uh, the kids had actually visited there the year before because their cousins live in town there. Uh, Jeff's brother uh, serves in a similar capacity uh and is local, so we have a unique situation where we have family really close to us where we mm. live in Germany. So it was, uh, the kids had some image of what it would be like to to return there. They knew their cousins would be there, but they hadn't actually ever been to school or figured out what it was like to, uh, day by day, hear all of the German that they were hearing and trying to navigate that. So um, I think that it was uh, a sweet Fit for all of our kids, where they uh, maybe our oldest had the hardest time fi- finding her way, but the the other kids I think settled in, and especially um, uh, maybe had some space to process the previous years of their life in a way that they mm-hmm. didn't know that they needed to do. So this is unique to our story, but my mom had passed away two years before we left for overseas, and we were uh, leaving a church that we had. As a, as a church family for 10 years. And so there was a series of losses in our kids and our lives. And so um, actually the place that we found ourselves was a sweet place because it enabled, uh, I think, relationship and safety for our kids to be able to um, kind of go back and process the things that they needed to, even though it was so far away. And some of that was because it was a different setting, a different scene for them. And so it gave them, I guess, distance to be able to – in the Developmentally, each in their own way, think through, you know, the things that had happened for them.
1: know, yeah, I think it's crazy to think with where your kids were at in their seasons. Like they were all kind of in different phases of life, each one of them. And yeah. so I'm sure, mm-hmm. just that really crazy transition of going from what's so familiar to something that's so unfamiliar. And, you, and like you said, there was some familiarity with it, but I'm sure for each and every one, it was like a very unique. Experience and I think even for your younger, it's almost like she was, she doesn't know anything else now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: not until this year when we've been back, but she didn't have a lot of her own memories of America, so yeah. she felt very, uh, very German.
1: And then contrast that with your oldest, right? Who you know spent most of her life in the United States and is now in a foreign culture that mm-hmm. must have been really crazy to kind of navigate that, those different experiences for each one of them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. All four of them had different, uh, they were developmentally different based on their ages, but they also had different experiences once we got there. And so it was hard to navigate as a whole family because they each needed something different wow. from
2: us. Yeah. That's wild. I can't even imagine. Um, so in the mission world, there's a concept of a TCK or third culture kid what does it mean to be one and in kind of what ways have your children reflected this concept
0: yeah well our youngest julia recently saw the term tck cuz it's you know part of our world and she said does that does that stand for tiny christian kid uh-huh.
1: <laughs> That's cute.
0: So yeah, third culture kids. Uh, it's a term in the 1950s. An American sociologist coined that term, and it refers to someone who's raised in a culture that is not that of their parents or of their country of nationality, and and who lives in a different environment during a significant part of their childhood development years. I found that out there. I thought I'd look it up. What, what, what is officially, uh, or like the BBC article put it, um, they, they are citizens of everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. That's that, crazy. Yeah. That says a lot. Um, yeah. and then the third part, like that term, why, why a third culture? And it seems to uh, refer to this, uh, the, um, kids that don't quite fit in either their passport culture of origin nor their host culture. And so they kind of form a third culture mm. and often find themselves most at home with other TCKs, third culture kids. Uh, they can often feel like misfits and this is the one place where we most belong. We see that a lot in our context in Condern, Germany, Southwest Germany, where we serve. There's a large missionary kids school there called Black Forest Academy. And there are some over 40 countries represented among the student body there, kids who grew up in Tanzania and Poland and kind of all over the place who are there as boarding students, many of them. Um, And there's a strong bond, even though they have Mm -hmm. such radically different upbringings, they have this third culture in common. Um, So that's a little bit about kind of third culture kid from our experience and what we've observed. And then more, you know, close to home, literally under our, under our roof uh, with our kids. I'll just give you a little snapshot of kind of in real time here, what's happening because we are on the very cusp of a big transition back, so um, some of the some of the ways I see their third culture ness uh, affecting our four kids. Um, with our oldest Hannah, uh, I think it contributes to kind of a struggle to fit in. There's there's more uh, for her in that, but um, in the college context here in the U.S., I think her her experience has has contributed to the challenge of her. Um, Fitting in there, um, our son Peter. You know, so we've been here for a year. Um, he just turned sixteen a few weeks ago, and on his birthday, I took him and he got his driver's license. Well, he's loving driving. <laughs> now we return uh, in just a few days to Germany, where he can't drive until he's eighteen. Um, so it's it's a total anti climax, and you know he, <laughs> he he made this really good friend here this year, and you know he had a really hard goodbye. Mm. Uh, you know, so that's just a big part of third culture kid or missionary kid life is um, you're always missing somebody. Right. Yeah. And uh, with our our third Ellie, uh, she also had some hard goodbyes to good friends, um, including in the missionary furlough housing we were living in in Wheaton, Illinois this year, made a couple with a couple little kids, uh, neighbors of ours, it was really sad for her to say goodbye. And yet, if she could fly the plane back, she would. She can't wait to see her best friend back in Germany. Uh, they've been separated for two years because her friend's home assignment uh, or furlough year was right preceding ours. So they've been separated, and the two of them can't wait to to reunite. And then finally, our fourth, Julia. Julia. Um, it's been interesting. She made two really good friends in Illinois this year, and is really sad to say goodbye to them just the other day. Um, and she is struggling to go back. She says, "Well, my two best friends from Germany are now gone. Like they're mm. back in the U.S. permanently." And so, even though she's our most German kid, um, moved there when we were, when she was four years old, she's she's like, "Why? Why would we go back?" You know, she's and our kids also love Chick fil A and things like <laughs> the things that we get to enjoy here,
1: right? Well that's standing back and seeing it maybe from the outside, I think what strikes me is how um how much of a blessing that kind of third cultureness could be potentially for kids growing up in today's world. Like we live in a yeah. what we think is a global world, and um that's a skill that is in really high value of being able to navigate all of those kind of dynamics of living in a world that is super cultural, transcultural. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see that kind of beginning to happen in your kids' lives as well? The ability that they have that other kids here in the United States might not have.
0: Yeah, I think so. And there, are, I, I as I reflected on this um, conversation. Uh, I was thinking about there's just so many kind of gifts and um, like blessings and burdens that come with it. And right. that's absolutely one of the, one of the gifts that comes with it.
1: Well, talk about a little bit about the burdens, you know, what are some of the particular challenges that children face growing up hmm. on the mission field in this third culture type of way? I think
3: it's, it's primarily of belonging,
1: mm-hmm. of,
3: of identity and belonging, um, knowing who they are as it relates to uh, their parents' culture. Uh, their passport culture, that says that they are an American, but um, maybe they've only spent two years that they're aware of ever in oh, the U.S. Yeah. And so they don't really relate to um, to being, they don't feel like an American. Um, it can also be, um, kids can have a sense of abandonment, I think, because mm-hmm. depending on when they leave home, um, some kids it's really wise for them to have a year of American schooling or more before they go to university. And so that's why they end up at a school like uh, black forest Academy. They have uh, a beautiful res life program for these kids, but it's still not the same as being with your family. And right. so, um, trying to find their way as far as belonging in that sense too, when we expect kids to generally be with their families till they're 18 and then maybe move on. But, um, these kids maybe are 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 less with their families.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they have to grow up way yeah. earlier than mm-hmm. a normal, quote-unquote, normal child or, or teenager might have to. I mean, yeah, that's,
3: and they are exposed to so much more than yeah. the average American child would be. Um, things that you see on the news, like in the international news time, um, these kids are exposed to it firsthand, and right. they see... They see a lot more of the world, even just in transit to wherever they, they live. And so, um, so the world feels, uh, it feels intimate and close mm. to them in a way that, that it probably feels theoretical and out there, too. That's interesting, state.
2: yeah. Obviously, this experience has had a profound effect on your children, but I imagine it has also impacted you guys as parents, How has your parenting kind of evolved since you've been overseas? And how has this way of life just affected your relationship with your kids in general?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It's, I think, impossible for us to say how much of it relates to being overseas and how much of it relates to our particular kids or even just their life stages, because, of course, parenting always is evolving and changing as you you understand your, your kids' needs differently and... Uh, enter different seasons with them. Uh, also just as we're growing as parents, we, we have different, uh, understandings of ourselves and of what God is asking us to do and, and how they're at, how, he, how he is asking us to come alongside these kids. And so, um, I can't really say what part of it relates to, um, living overseas. Although I think some of my best parenting mentors over these last years, of course, have been because I've been overseas and have been with some pretty great women. Um, in our town, um, I think life gets more complicated as our kids grow older. The issues that they're dealing with, it's not just trying to keep them safe from running into the street or uh, making sure that they're fed healthy meals. Um, so, with that complication, I think that I have felt, um, I'll speak for myself, I've felt out of my depth often mm-hmm. as a parent. And so, instead of feeling like I got this, I can keep them safe. I can teach them about Jesus. We we're we're moving forward. I feel often like, um, I'm out of my league. I'm not sure what to do. I don't know what they need. And, and, um, one of the moms that was talking to me uh, in Germany said, uh, Oh, Ingrid, it's simple. You just have to point them to Jesus. And I I needed to be reminded that that actually is my job as a mom. (laughs) And so, um, I feel like that was really helpful and life giving to me to kind of cut through all of the complicatedness of parenting and and think it, it's not so different here in Germany or if we were in Japan or um, my brother in law's family just moved to Thailand today. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of all of that doesn't matter as much as if we're pointing our kids to Jesus and knowing them in a way that enables us to be able to do that in a way that they can hear. Mm. Um, The second thing is that we aren't responsible for the outcome of our parenting and that we're not responsible for the fruit. It's just like spiritually, we can't be responsible for that. That is in God's hands. But we are called to be faithful. And so I feel like if I've learned two things over the last five, six years, it's been that. Point my kids to Jesus and be faithful in the day-to-day. I just want
2: to thank you so much for being really vulnerable in that. And I think there's something so beautiful about you growing with your kids together in tandem, not even just in your Mm -hmm. spiritual walk, but just learning how to do life together. And Mm -hmm. you just worded that really well.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So switching gears a little bit per what a little, I know about the lifestyle and experience of missionary families, perhaps more than any other profession, missionary kids or MKs for better or for worse Are usually intimately tied up in in a part of the parents' ministry. Now, how have you seen that to be the case for you guys and for your kids?
3: Um. Well, on furlough year, the kids can feel slightly famous, (laughs) which (laughs) I don't know. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't even know how to classify it. I think they feel loved, which is wonderful. Um. But it is weird to have people coming up and talking to you as a, as a teenager when you have no idea who that person is, you know. So, um, and even, even recently somebody was saying, you need to get up here and, and sell it. Sell whatever your parents are doing. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's not their, <laughs> that's not their job. But um, um, I, I think maybe this is less from our own kids' experience and more from our ministry in... Um, in caring for missionary families, I think that missionary kids often don't share what is happening inside of themselves and their struggles with their parents because they they view their parents as already burdened in ministry, mm. and so they are um, not wanting to add to that.
1: So they become burden carriers themselves, in a sense.
3: They, well, for their own burdens, yeah. but in a way that they need to be sharing these things with right. their parents and don't— um, yeah, because they, they kind of take responsibility for Mm -hmm. the amount of burden their parents are carrying. And so they withhold sharing some of their life. So, so that's hard. Um, because I think that sharing earlier or being more, more authentic or vulnerable Mm -hmm. with each other earlier, um, could be helpful in a family setting. But, um, I don't know, Jeff, do you have any other ideas here? I think it's I think it is complicated in the way that kids are involved in their parents' ministry.
0: Yeah. For example, after this conversation, we're going uh, to a family's house um, and our kids don't know these people at all, you know, and it's, it's a wonderful and sometimes not thing for our kids. And that can vary very, very much uh, based on the uh, personal personality of each kid. Um, I, hope that they don't resent it and feel just dragged along mm-hmm. you know this last sunday for example we were all six of us up front in the worship services which is wonderful and heartwarming and and yet there's a danger to that too like you mentioned kind of feeling famous or whatever so um it's a it's a beautiful thing and it it brings us together as a family kind of gives us uh uh, like you said, it complicates life, uh, but it also there's an intensity and I think an intimacy in missionary life that that um, just comes comes with the territory. and I always um, want to avoid two extremes. one is sacrificing my family on the altar of ministry or sacrificing our ministry on the altar of family. Mm. really don't want to do either of those and so we're always seeking the Lord. In that, um, and uh, part of the nature of our work is we it's confidential. We work um, very closely with people about kind of their inner struggles and things, and so we don't our kids don't share in that part at all because we right. you know we have to be very careful about that, um, and yet there are ways in which we involve them in ministry, which is sweet, and we hope uh, they don't grow to resent it, but actually to love the Lord more and and his mission in the world.
2: Yeah, that's good. Thank you guys for being here with us today.
0: Absolutely.
2: So before we wrap up our episode, we just want to end on a note of personal reflection. We try and do this every week. So Kevin, how are you going to lean into prayer based as a result from our conversation?
1: You know, just this conversation reminds me of stories that I heard from a professor that I had at Trinity, who is a missions professor. He spent 30 years Um, in the mission field in West Africa. And whenever he talked about his experience of serving with his family on the mission field, his eyes always lit up. Um, And it just always surprised me remembering and recalling those conversations. And he would always say that some of the sweetest times that he had with his children were on the mission field. And it was and he would never sugarcoat it and say it was really difficult. There were seasons where there was just a lot of hardship and obstacles and challenging. But when he looks back on those years, he always thinks, man, there was something sweet and special about that that we didn't experience when we came back to the States. And so there, that just – you ask what I want to pray in. It's just I want to pray for all those missionary kids that, that, that they would be – guarded and protected from from the evil one and from just embitterment of being in this life um, but that they would be enriched and experience the blessing of it um, because I think that um, this kind of community of missionary kids um, has been and will continue to be such a rich and important um, influence and community within the body of Christ and so I just I know that I see that in the cagwin kids. And I know I see that in a lot of our missionary kids through partners that we support. So that's just where my mind goes to.
2: Yeah, I I think it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around the concept of a whole family going to missions. Typically, it's just one person or a couple that up and leaves, but it affects so many people and has such a chain reaction. But I genuinely think that the kids do have a blessing later down the road. I know a couple kids who are older now, they're closer to my age, but... They have blessed me so much with their knowledge, not even of, you know, this culture, but of of being a a T-U-C-K. And so I think the prayer for them is down the road as well, not just currently, but for mm. their futures. That's great. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We aspire to give you real life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life.
1: As always, we encourage you to tune in next week for a new episode and remember to go and make your life a mission.